0: Hello and welcome to Talking SME, our quickfire chat with business leaders. I'm Tracy Adams, and today I'm pleased to welcome Linda Garcia, a business productivity specialist and founder of Aluxi Consulting. Welcome, Linda.
1: Good afternoon. Hi Tracy.
0: Now you and I have had some really interesting conversations about productivity over the past couple of weeks, um, and whilst we've been to- we've started talking about how the pandemic has affected productivity. We've ended up looking at it from a much more global and historical perspective, too. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be really helpful, I think, for SME business leaders and owners listening if you could share some of your thoughts on improving productivity in the workplace. So, to our first question, let's start with the overall picture of productivity. How are businesses in the UK managing productivity?
1: Yeah, we, we certainly got into the worldwide productivity conversation on this. And obviously, be this being my specialisation, um, it's something that I've been watching and monitoring and writing and blogging about. And the the UK, you know, historically, was always thought of as the manufacturing heart of the world. You know, we used to have quite a, a, a solid manufacturing base, our industries were booming, um, but possibly since the start of the 90s, our productivity was steadily increasing. Um, and when we got to the last recession, sort of 2008, 2009, that's when we started to see a, a real sort of slowdown in the economy and a downturn in our productivity levels. Yeah. Um, my personal opinion is the, uh, uh, around that recession time, we started to bring in a lot of cheap labour which meant that business owners were easily able to bring in more people than maybe they would have done otherwise. If the um, if the if the markets into like the Eastern European labour markets hadn't opened up, um, they you know those sort of cultures were happy and willing to come into the UK and earn a much less than the national living wage that we're now appreciating. Obviously, they were still on national minimum wage, yeah. and that tended to sort of give. Business owners a full sense of security, so they were able to bring on lots of labour. Um, but it wasn't actually pushing out the uh, any more output than we've seen, you know, in, in previous years. So basically, what companies were doing was throwing people at the at the work, and that diluted the productivity levels that we'd been accustomed to. And obviously, now since uh, Brexit has um, gone through there's a lot more control over uh, the free labor market has now obviously died down and it, indeed now since the, you know the pandemic's been going on and as the hospitality industry is now opening up again business owners are now struggling to find enough um labour and especially in the hospitality sector to take up the jobs and they're not able to as easily bring in resources from the uh, from the european countries Mm -hmm. that were basically underpinning the bars the waitressing uh, or the waiting uh, bar staff etc so that has been why the, the productivity measurements have changed i also believe that there has been a um, a sort of lightening and loosening up of the, the way that businesses are managing their staff. Um, the younger generations are wanting a much freer environment, mm-hmm. but also we're not really training managers mm-hmm. to manage the people in the business. Yeah. And so many uh, people are maybe promoted into the first level team leader, supervisory roles, without any management training or leadership yeah. development, and it's easy to take somebody out of an area because they're your highest performer and you think, yeah, they're going to do a good job and get the rest of the team working at the same level. But if they're not actually, if they don't have the people skills or they haven't got you know, the capabilities or the managerial um, competencies, then what invariably ends up happening is the the business leaders see the performance and the productivity actually drop yeah. because the team's not being managed properly and their best performer is now trying to manage a team rather than doing the job themselves so that I think has been one of the causes of the deterioration in our productivity over the last sort of 10 to 15 years yeah. um yeah and, and yeah. management is a bit of a dirty word these days <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean that doesn't change a great picture does it you know what you've described that whole scenario and, and I presume, uh, you know, because of all of that, uh, either within the UK or with our, our European and, and global counterparts, we are losing a competitive advantage potentially. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. The, um, the last step of stats, were when, when I started getting out on the speaking circuit, talking about the, uh, the productivity of the UK in comparison to our, our G7 counterparts, for example, the UK had dropped down 22 percentage points below countries like Japan, France, mm. United States, Germany, um, which is is not a good indicator yeah. for the UK's economy. Yeah. That you know we are gradually being slipping down the productivity charts against those those uh, other countries. Yeah. And one of the graphs that I was uh, pulling out showed the actual output per hour since around 2011 has dropped by about two or three percent but the actual total hours that have been employed has increased by about 20 percent and and that is comparing it with other gdps and employment total hours in other countries as well so yeah we have Mm -hmm. definitely lost our competitive advantage and there's also i feel um it's the lack of investment in businesses and you know going back to the management a lot yeah. of, p- of company owners see training as a luxury not a necessity mm. which is a false sense of economy really yeah. because you are training and, and developing your your frontline supervisory people to get the people that they're re- the responsible for the employees working to, t- towards certain mm. levels of productivity yeah. then that little bit of investment is going to pay itself back in improved productivity yeah, yeah. The UK has definitely sort of lost its its place on the, yeah. on the pedestal when it comes to the productivity figures.
0: And if, if you think that's just the general picture before even the pandemic, so my next question: What yeah. then has been the impact um, of the pan- pandemic on productivity?
1: I think it as as we were talking, um, it's a bit of a double edged sword because there have been some businesses whose products and services have absolutely flourished because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So like supermarkets, for example, and the food and drink industry, not so much the alcoholic beverages, but food mm-hmm. and supermarkets, they have been booming. Uh, and then obviously retail has badly, badly suffered. Mm-hmm. Um, in the arena that I work in, I've been consulting to, for example, a care company who have actually seen their levels of clientele booming because more the elderly and the vulnerable, their relatives don't want them going into hospitals or into care homes or other institutions because of that fear that, you know, they're going to be getting COVID. So the care care industry Mm -hmm. is now having to, you know, do the domiciliary care and see people in their homes, which I personally, from a much very personal level, I think it's a great thing, Mm -hmm. but it can be quite expensive. And then companies uh, like the web agencies and the social media and the digital marketing companies have absolutely boomed mm-hmm. because businesses have started to recognize that their their only if their only presence is now going to be online, and that's the only way that they're going to be attracting mm-hmm. their, their clients and getting to their markets. So yeah. those businesses that can develop the you know the online presence for their clients have also really um, gone crazy. Yeah. Um, but where where the in terms of the productivity, um, I think where the pandemic is and po- possibly the full effect of this has not yet come to the surface, or it hasn't really fully um, exploded yet. It, it's twofold: um, employees who are now having to work from home or, or, or tending towards a hybrid situation, they are not now in front of their managers. And if the managers were not very effective to start with, if the employee, if the employees, sorry, are now sort of out of sight and out of mind and the only way of catching up with them is via a telephone call or a Zoom call once a day, then that could be a hidden source of a of loss of productivity. Yeah. Um, and we'll get on to more sort of the hard ways to yeah. measure productivity. If the business, if especially in the SME right. arena, has not got robust and solid management control systems, which provides the information for supervisors and managers and the business owners to see, are my people having a good day or a bad day? And that doesn't necessarily just mean output. It does also mean sort of emotionally and mentally. Then if those people are now also working from home and managers aren't getting that sort of over the water cooler, around the coffee um, cups sort of conversations and keeping their finger on the pulse, then that is where businesses are starting to recognise we don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then there's also the double-edged sword that I mentioned that employees in, for example, call centre employees, which are you know, massive amounts or massive numbers of people and staff and team members now working from home, they're isolated. They might not have a you know, very congenial Um, workplace in the room in their homes now a lot of people have been known to be sitting on their beds working from home but to sit on a bed for eight hours on a laptop is not going to do your neck your back your your wrists you know all of that occupational hygiene stuff you're doing yourself physical harm and just as a complete aside very few employees actually know that they should have a working from home policy and they are responsible for the health and safety of that person at their workstation in air commas. So I know you can't see me doing the air commas. (laughs) Um, So, you know, businesses are not really getting Mm -hmm. to see what impact this is having on the the employees' emotional and physical Mm -hmm. well-being.
0: Yeah.
1: And one of the recent blogs that I wrote is about the um, burnout of employees, where we're starting to see, and in fact, the WHO—I'm not sure if you're aware of this—actually mm-hmm. recognised employee burnout. They just announced recently as an occupational phenomenon, and okay. they've classified it under the International Classification of Diseases. You didn't know that. Wow! Stuff,
0: gosh, you? no, I didn't.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> they, you know they're describing burnout is the the syndrome that we're getting from the chronic workplace mm-hmm. stress that's not being successfully managed and that they identify feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's mm. job, feelings of negative negativity or cynicism relating to the job, mm. which all leads to reduced efficacy, reduced productivity mm. and employees are also very nervous mm. whether they're going to have a job to go back to, especially they might be sort of temporarily furloughed. some people mm. might only be doing two or three days. Hmm. And what they, what the if the employee is not monitoring and managing those those workloads and the and the individual's well being, hmm. um, those employees could well be trying to do four or five days work in two or three days, which might be really productive for the business, yeah. but it's going to result in those employees yeah. becoming completely burnt out if they continue that on a, on a very long term uh, yeah. basis. You know, when we start getting to two yeah. years, three years. So this is where I'm a little mm-hmm. bit cynical about how far the work from home explosion and excitement mm. will go. I, I think, yes, we are now talking about hybrid situations, but yeah. productivity is something that will, yeah. it needs to be managed. And if businesses weren't very strong at managing when the employees were in the workplace, mm-hmm. then they're definitely going to have to start beefing up the ways and methods that they Uh, use to manage people that are now working from home if they see that as a you know potentially a long-term or or permanent arrangement?
0: Well that I think leads us nicely on to the next point then because uh, you know as, as an expert in productivity if you have the opportunity to speak to SMEs, owners, you know, leaders, and this could be now in the current mostly working from home scenario, or it could just be the general principles, you know, what would you encourage them to look at? with regards to their own productivity in their business
1: yeah um i think it's twofold one is more the technical side of what information are they gathering from the field what are their key performance indicators the kpis mm-hmm. that allows them to check in are we doing well are we on plan mm-hmm. are we off budgets are we going to achieve our forecast for the week it's those you know that the numerical it yeah. the the adage that i use if you can't measure it you can't manage it yeah. everybody that knows me will will recognize that uh, <laughs> phrase um but it has to be getting those numbers in to then have the conversation and this is where i think some a lot of business owners have this perception that well we've got all the information coming through in the it systems and we know yeah we know what our numbers are because they're on the dashboard and uh, yeah, but that's great. But what what are you doing with that information mm-hmm. now that you have it? And so the the other side of the equation is the mindset and the communication with the employees. One, you know, the employees have to understand where they fit in in the greater scheme of you know the the cog, which cog they are of the engine, and how does their work impact and drive forward the greater cause you know delivering the product or delivering the service that the business is involved in and if those employees don't have that clear in their mind then they're just like a little hamster on the wheel just turning 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 and not really understanding where they're going to Mm. so involving employees and understanding what is our plan this is what we're this is the bigger picture that we're aiming for and this is how you fit into it yeah. is what the management information systems and the key performance indicators will then give the managers and the the supervisors something to base their conversations around it's being objective fair and factual isn't it with data mm-hmm. rather than managing people on gut feel and perception yeah but then on the that, that communication process i am a firm believer that every employee every staff member deserves a one-to-one conversation with their manager at least once a week if yeah. not daily. And the frequencies with which I implement sort of meeting plans and those communication touch points in businesses very much depends on the type of work that they're doing. Mm. So if it's ridiculous to be talking to everybody once a day because they're just not going to get that much out of control, yeah. then you know there is also the option to do it every second day or every third day. But I would say always weekly. In fact, if, if Linda Garcia had her way, there would be no annual performance appraisals because every employee would know exactly how they're doing and whether they're you know, on target and what their development areas yeah. are and how they're going to improve themselves in the future because they'd be having that conversation every week. But having those conversations is also part of the management's activities. Yeah. And again, it's something that when you are creating a managerial position, whether that's a foreman, a team leader, a supervisor, a charge hand, whatever the job title is, they are there to manage people and get work done through other people. Yeah. Um, they have to be trained and given guidance on how to coach employees through the information that is on the report. Great. You, you know, you've you've, Targeted to get 20 calls done today to hopefully close 10 orders on or an average order value of 100 pounds. You've actually surpassed that. That's brilliant. What did you do? Can we get the rest of the team doing the same thing? That would be a really positive outcome. More normally, it's a situation where we haven't reached the plan. What went wrong? How can we help you? Is there anything that you might feel you need some extra training on? Shall I listen into your next call and we'll debrief it afterwards? That is a managerial conversation with an employee from a manager who's trying to get someone to succeed. Yeah. Not the, you haven't done enough work today, you've screwed up all your targets, we haven't got the numbers, and then by the end of the month we're all going to be out of a job. That is not good management. Yeah. <laughs> and this, a lot of this comes down to the other, I know the other topic that we were having a bit of a debate about is between uh, when I talk about leadership and management development, I don't just mean soft skills of communication confrontation how to avoid or manage conflict etc cetera, etc cetera. you've got to teach managers the tools that they have which should be yeah. know, the business systems the business management control systems what the KPIs are how they come about so that you know that any manager in a business or supervisor has got to have that technical understanding of what are the tools available to them yeah. in order to help them be a better manager to the employee and get rid of that gut feel and perception process Yeah. Um, using and and obviously, yes, the soft skills have to come into it. Some people are born leaders, others are not. You can teach people how to manage. I'm not yet convinced you can make a leader. I do think leadership and entrepreneurialism mm-hmm. is is born into you. Um, so yeah, yeah that's that's my advice to the SMEs. you've got to get your technical management system yeah. sorted out and then make sure that you train. you're training your managers in the soft skills to yeah. use that information effectively. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Just as a final question, Linda, um, what I'm going to ask is, is there one I think I know probably what your answer is going to be because we've talked about this. But what would be your one takeout for SMEs if they went away and did one thing now to to improve or look at productivity? What would you say go and do? First thing first.
1: One, look at your numbers. See, and not the financials. Go in and look at your. If you haven't got KPIs, get some KPIs in place where you have Mm -hmm. translated your financial forecast into how much product or service does that need, and how much resource do you need to put into to to generate that Mm -hmm. output. Secondly, there is a really useful tool which actually helps management massively. Is Mm -hmm. the engagement multiplier? It's an anonymous survey tool. And unlike the annual surveys that many businesses use, this is done every 90 days. And because it's anonymous, it allows employees to give real feedback to a series of structured questions. The company does have the option to add a couple of extra questions if they want to. But what that does is gives you a finger on the pulse every three months of where your employees Mm -hmm. are either really engaged with the business or how much dysfunctionality there is. Mm -hmm. And that is almost measuring, you know, the business management systems are giving you all the data that but what the engagement multiplier survey tool does is gives you something tangible and measurable Mm -hmm. on how people are thinking in your business and with so many people being out of the office Mm -hmm. and not having those sort of regular face-to-face contacts and communications with their leaders and their the rest of their Mm -hmm. team and their colleagues that is a very powerful tool that starts to get that information back into the business again.
0: Yeah, oh, and wouldn't that be interesting? I think if you'd been doing that pre-pandemic, through the pandemic, and coming out of the pandemic as well, yeah. if the business had that in place to see yes. the, to gauge the feeling and mood, etc., throughout exactly. that process, would have been yeah. quite helpful, wouldn't it? So it
1: would be great. Have we known the pandemic was yeah. going to be seen quite this way? You know, it's easy in <laughs> hindsight, isn't it? But, oh. but yeah,
0: you know, a lot of business yeah. owners
1: are very quick to say, "Oh, but it's not the right time." Mm. There is never a right um, time. Fight. in terms of measuring and mm. tangibly measuring the the the, the culture mm. of your business which when people are not working face to face it's mm. really important to do that then you just got to start it yeah
0: yeah no that's that's been fascinating Linda thank you ever so much all oh, really good advice really good background as well it does help when the <laughs> story. so brilliant. i
1: give you links to the blogs yes. and to those surveys if you want to pop that up for your um listeners too yeah have a click on and have a look at read Absolutely,
0: more in. to all of those brilliant so thank you for joining us today and thank uh, you for having it's, me. it has been a pleasure and to our listeners i hope you've enjoyed talking to me and look out for future episodes coming soon